The rumors are true. Know that is now on Patreon. Visit www.patreon.com slash knowthatpod to subscribe and get bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes videos, and more. That's www.patreon.com slash knowthatpod. Welcome to Know That, a deep dive into the week's Real Housewives episodes, where we offer our humorous, insightful, and unfiltered opinions. I'm Anthony Casella. I'm Donnie Hadfield-Smith. And I'm Quentin Lamar. And this is Know That, a Real Housewives podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Know That. We are here with Chelsea st- stepping in for Anthony from the Oh No Bravo fame. Suck it, Taria. I'm back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> here to make some mess. We are also here with our very special guest, Daniel Prescott. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Of course. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy you're here. Yeah. Everybody's happy. <laughs> <laughs> Not Dorit, but we'll get to that. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Okay, so I guess we should point out that there was a Real Housewives of New York this week, and we have flat out chosen not to speak about it. Thank God. I texted Donnie and I was like, do I have to watch New York this week? Yeah, I said, Danielle already told me, no, absolutely not. So (laughs) So thank you, Danielle. (laughs) You saved me too. Yeah, I quit New York. I was like, I actually quit it eight, like, like weeks ago. I was like, I'm out. Just tapped out. But because I follow like so many Bravo accounts and like I'm on Twitter, I see the major stuff that's happened, but I don't have to watch any of the like moment by moment stuff. And I think my life is better because of it. Yeah, I don't blame you at all. This was like the first week where they got along the whole season and the finales next week. So I was like, well, I I guess it's a good time for that to happen. Did you guys see the rumor that apparently they just cut like three episodes like earlier in the season? Ramona had announced now again, I don't do any fact checking people, so this could be (laughs) nonsense, but I like to believe that I'm right in most things. No, apparently there was a rumor going around that Ramona earlier in the season had announced like 20 episodes or something, but this is not adding up to that. And there is word on the street is that they've just cut, a couple of episodes and they're like no thank you no more of this wow i did not know that that is news to me again could not it. be true but <laughs> who knows but chelsea said it so uh, we're gonna roll with that for a little bit we're gonna say that it's true she's a reliable narrator here so, we'll say, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely true. so since we're not going to be talking about real housewives in new york we can move straight to beverly hills which i'm excited about i've liked it this season so we start off with Lisa Rinna having a fashion show with her daughters in the garage. I was here for it. It was barefoot, so it had a little bit of hillbilly element to it for me. So I love that. Do we like this moment? Mm. Um, <laughs> I love a good. Mm. I I didn't love, but I also don't because it felt so promotional. Like mm-hmm. I was getting I was getting some Yolanda Hadid flashbacks. You know, like we want to make these mm. girls. We want to show them that they're high fashion. It's like, I think it's awesome that she saved those clothes for her daughter. She only has daughters. So like, that's great. But um, it's kind of like, did we need to have this on the show? 
Not really. Absolutely. I thought it was cute and I did tear up a little bit, but at the same time, (laughs) I can be objective and know like it was promotional for the daughters and then also herself. Yes. Like I think the the walk down memory lane part is like sweet, you know, that she she's establishing herself as someone who has been dressing great since, you know, way back when. And I think that's awesome. She deserves all of that, you know, praise. But there is also like a, a part of me that like knows that like the daughters want their piece of this fame pie and you know they, like Amelia shamelessly dating Scott Disick <laughs> and the other one with the Love Island guy Delilah so it's just kind of like enough <laughs> oh, I didn't know he was a Love Island guy Danielle yeah I knew that I you knew did that about him I, I did. did not love that the Love Island guy just casually insinuated that grandma had jizz on her dress not a fan of that moment like no. not not really into that just casual conversation topic no I will say Chelsea I am a boy so my mind did go there but like I would never say it on camera (laughs) (laughs) he whispered it which I'm like you've done reality tv before you know you're mic'd stop whispering (laughs) just at least own it if you're like Lisa Rinna would say just own it baby you know (laughs) and I and I love that this is the guy that Harry Hamlin has pretty much just given the rubble step so rubber step of approval to marry her like that's this is just what we see and he's like I'm on board with this i was surprised and i thought it's like that she kept those dresses i also was shocked that she went to the oscars like there's a whole <laughs> i was surprised by a lot in, in, the, in that segment i do feel it was shameless i think we all know how i feel about amelia and the eyebrow one so yeah i'm, I'm just gonna leave that there speaking of like shameless promotion no there's no bridge here but you tried for a little bit you tried. i tried i tried <laughs> erica renna and kyle meet up for kyle's birthday at Erica's new beautiful place and we see her getting ready and everything. I love that even though Erica is falling a hard time, she still has the most expensive vacuum you can buy. <laughs> Listen, if you're gonna vacuum, a Dyson is the only way to do so. I agree. I, I have a Dyson. I love it. But you know, on a budget, I probably wouldn't have had a, a Dyson <laughs> if like I walked away from everything. But these are different circumstances. Yeah, an Erica Jane budget is not a Donald Hatfield Smith budget. Right. No, it, that is very true. We use our own money. <laughs> so basically, we we talk to, we see them talk, and Eric reveals something that's kind of a something I didn't know, but I feel like I probably did know, but I didn't know. Erica didn't sign a prenup, so that just threw even more of a "what the hell is going on here" element yeah. to it with me. That was part of the documentary, The Housewife and the Hustler. They talked about that, that basically they just like got married on a golf course, kind of on a whim one day. And I'm like, you know what? In this instance, I do feel bad for Erica Jane because she pulled off the scam of a lifetime nailing down this man. And then egg is all over her face because look at her now. She's got her Dyson and what she's presenting as like a shack on a hill somewhere that is low key, high key, my dream home. Like she keeps talking about this house. Like it's like, oh, like any moment now, I'm just gonna, it's gonna like fall into the ocean because it's just so decrepit and falling down. And I'm like, I will spend the rest of my life trying to own a home like this. Yeah, she still doesn't have a white refrigerator. I just don't. <laughs> there's a definite step that she missed in this fall from grace to poverty. I, I But I totally agree with that. Maybe I don't understand marriage law, but if she doesn't have a prenup, shouldn't she be 
financially more stable in all of this? Because he doesn't. Well, not with the fact he has no money. Yeah, that's the problem. For me, what that spoke to is like if I found out that my spouse was cheating on me, they were rich, we live in California, I'm going to peace out and get my 50 50, especially since he's, you know, mentally abusive and all these different things. But that's not what happened. So, like, to me, it just adds a bit more of a hmm. And now the problem is like, is he going to ask her for money? Because that also, you know, you should never underestimate if a woman comes into a marriage making less money than the man she married, that she could do that forever. Right. Like Jessica Simpson became a billionaire and she was married to Nick Lachey. However, he made more money when they got together at first. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. like now he is the one who is hard up for cash and Erica Jane has money. So what's going to happen with that? I I didn't even think of that. Danielle, where do you stand with the Erica Jane of it all? I believe that I don't think it's like as diabolical as like, you know, she actively knew every single piece of this that was going on. Especially based on, you know, witnessing the reactions of like the other women in the group, like everyone in this kind of circle, like, you know, I love how they're like, I mean, how do you go to the bank? What is at the bank? Like they have literally <laughs> no idea. Um, and so I think that, you know, sometimes like the husbands have businesses that are very, very separate. Like they do their work and then you do your separate thing. Yeah. So I don't think that she necessarily knew all of these things that were going on, but I think that she had to have heard rumors. Somebody was talking about something and I can't believe that she wouldn't like ask questions or investigate or try and protect herself more. So I don't think she's as ignorant as she's like, you know, painting herself out to be, but I don't think that it's like, she's also had nefarious intentions from the beginning. I think she went out to marry a rich older dude. She did that. And I don't think she knew how bad it really was in his feelings. If he married her on the golf course, then that's really a good, that sounds like mental illness to me. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like she, I completely agree. I feel like she thought she hit the jackpot. She married Aaron Brockovich's lawyer. She was like, I'm set for life. I do feel like she probably for the majority of their marriage had no idea. And then at some point that turned to willful ignorance of maybe there was some writing on the wall or some questions that she just specifically intentionally did not ask. And then lawsuits would come and then they would go but this time the lawsuit didn't go and she was like "Uh oh I think this is my cue it's time to leave now yeah I think you're right because she was able to live her best Kesha life with him so I think like she just turned her little head and pat the puss Mm -hmm. so shifting over to back to Rena again unfortunately we see Rena Beauty launching at Crystal's very nice event I thought it was really great and Erica orders the no apologies drink. Wink. I don't get what she's doing here now. It's- it had to be to create a moment, I assume. Yeah, I feel like it was kind of a weird dig at Sutton because she was like waiting for her moment, you know, as we see later to like come out of nowhere and just like go after Sutton, right? So I <laughs> out of that- nowhere. Yeah. That was all of a sudden for Sutton. <laughs> All of a sudden. Uh, Dorit confronts Garcelle in one of the most hilarious things I've seen on TV in a long time. I feel like Dorit is, she feels like she knows what argument she's making, but she has no idea what argument she's making, if that makes sense. 
And I feel like Garcelle doesn't care. I feel like Dorit realized that we are more than halfway through the season <laughs> and she hasn't done shit except for talk about how her mom has a black friend. And she was like, I need to like somehow get involved in this conversation. I know I'm going to go against Garcelle. What could go wrong here? I'm going to accuse Garcelle objectively the most direct person on this cast of being passive aggressive. This nothing can go wrong here. Let me just throw this out there. What I like the best is that everyone at the table was like, even if they felt uncomfortable saying it, they were on Garcelle's side. And they were like, yeah, Dorit talks. (laughs) We all fought with this bitch. What was so awkward, I think, like, as the, when she like brought it up, it was like, she wanted to, but she, she was like, thank you, Garcelle, for hosting this. And everybody was like, the fuck is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> she was like really trying to like pump herself up. Obviously she was, and she was like, okay, well, anyway, I actually do have something to say. About this. Like, what's wrong with you? It was uh, so awkward. Yeah, it was like that segue Quinn tried to make earlier and it just didn't work. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Segways, marriages, <laughs> you know. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> So this hilarious thing about Garcelle being a bully, which is ridiculous. She then says she feels like she's kind of the odd person out, which I think is apparent. And I totally can see that. Of course, we know that Dorita's trying to make a moment or she feels like she's not been doing enough. But I found it offensive that she called uh, Garcelle a bully. I thought that was a very, really rough thing to say, especially since I feel like Garcelle didn't go as hard at Dorita as she could have when she said that anybody could work for her no matter what color they were there was some venom to that that didn't need to be there. I think the word bully is such like a buzzword and everyone, you know, that someone makes you feel bad, someone hurts your feelings or someone does something that displeases you. They're like, oh, this person is bullying me. You know what I mean? Or like even that it's like this person's holding me accountable. Oh, they're a bully. So Especially on this franchise, I think. Yeah. And I think that's pretty much what happened. She was like, I know it's a buzzword and... And I, she's making me feel away. So I'm going to tell her that that's what it is because that seems more serious, you know? Yeah. And to piggyback off of that, I think that with this city, I think that the last two seasons, there have been like hashtags, Beverly Hills, Mean Girls, all of that. And it's the Mambo number five. So I think for her to be able to use bully to like push that away from her little group and onto somebody else, I think she jumped on it immediately. That's the thing about this stupid pinky promise crew of women that clearly they have these agreements that take place off camera about what they're going to talk about. I mean, we see it like literally in every single at home Erica scene with anybody in that little group that clearly like the dress rehearsal has already taken place. And they're just like asking her these like softball questions of like, but Erica, oh my goodness, I'm just putting it together. Now this car crash happened. And then Tom lost his memory. It's like, (laughs) they're like putting on a off Broadway show. Mm -hmm. And I think that Dorit is trying, I think you're right, Donnie. I think she's trying to deflect from that and be like, but we're not the problem. You're the problem. We're not the mean girls for turning around this narrative where we were all low-key on the same page when we met without Erica and then we came together. No, it was Sutton and Garcelle that's pushing the issue too much and trying to like go after her in that way. And I thought the way Garcelle handled it was beautiful. She basically was like, yeah, you're right. I did do those things. Yeah. And like, she only gets mad when Dorit brings in other people. Like Garcelle was going to not even take accountability because I don't think she was sorry for it. I think she was like, yeah, like I meant what I said. 
And to be more specific, she got mad when Dorit brought up Palm Springs because we don't know what happened, but it was definitely, I think it was a production issue where producers told Garcelle what to say and things unraveled. So when Dorit brought that up again, I feel like Garcelle already felt blindsided when it happened the first time. So now for you to use it against her is really just a no-no. That I do believe that's true. And it doesn't fit considering it seems that Erica's angry at Sutton and not Garcelle. So right. they already squashed it two episodes ago. Right. Yes. And they all seem on the same page about it. Like Crystal has consistently had Garcelle's back while also standing up for Erica of like, yes, it was a private moment, but Garcelle didn't hear her say this. Like the fact that the three of them who were actually present for that little drone meetup seem to be on the same page and on the same side only speaks to the fact that like, yeah, I think it's true that Dorit is like trying to fish and like add credit to her current argument against Garcelle by basically like calling in this incident that like she wasn't even a part of. She doesn't know what happened. And all of Marie's grievances are so stupid too. Like we also, that must be said, like what she's mad about (laughs) makes no sense at all. I mean, like I do things like lot, say one thing away from Erica and then say another thing in her face. How dare you point that out? Like that's, it's ridiculous but it's it's three i did like her falling out of her accent for a little bit <laughs> I, I, I don't know where that accent is from but it's not the what, the north atlantic that we normally hear from her she sounds like an actress from the 40s <laughs> so we move on to the lipstick reader which i was so can somebody explain to me what the hell a lipstick reader is she's a psychic that does makeup palm reader so it's like everyone's like it's like a fingerprint or something like everyone has like unique things so then she was reading everyone uh-huh. I'm glad uh Kyle mentioned that she found out that she googled her ahead of time because when she looked at Kyle's lip print and she's like your mother's speaking to me I said wait a second <laughs> lipstick on a paper tells you this I didn't know what the hell was going on. So I'm glad you all cleared it up for me because I I didn't care enough to rewind it and I didn't understand. But it made me, Kyle said like the jig was up. She figured out what happened. She Googled her. But I feel like this happens every time they go to some kind of psychic. Anytime they're like, oh, your dog says hi. Like, okay, you Googled Sonia Morgan before you came (laughs) to do this reading. I will say the person from Roni from Salem, the one, not the terrible one. There was two psychics at that like little. The male psychic and the female psychic. The male psychic really flopped. But the female (laughs) psychic, I was like, is this the first real psychic we've seen on Bravo? Only time will tell. But she was like, like you're giving me too many hints. Stop it. Don't don't talk. (laughs) I was like, "Okay, this is a nice change of pace because usually they're like, "Um, well, I'm seeing from your palm you were born on June 4th, 1962. (laughs) I think that was a Monday. (laughs) So we move on to Kathy throwing her dinner party, which she says takes her uh, how many days? Four yeah, she said that she she plans her tablescapes like Dorit plans her looks, which mm. was also amazing. <laughs> great shade. It was it was great shade. Yeah. Well, the table looked great. I love seeing all the baccarat crystal. I'm like, yes, this is rich, rich. Like, I yes. love like, how Kathy Hilton, like the Hermes and the fucking Cartier boxes under her Christmas tree, unopened. I'm just like, this is a like ridiculous level of wealth. It's crazy. <laughs> You wouldn't let your dog, dog just sleep, right? Yeah, your your dog sleep right next to just 
casual money like that. Not I next wanna... to on top of. <laughs> and she was right. She said he'd like to be there, and it looked like Muffy liked to be there because <laughs> Muffy was like, wanna... "Put me back." I want to pitch a show to Bravo where Crystal and Kathy Hilton are given a party assignment and then they have to go head to head. Like every week they have a new theme because Crystal was saying that like before COVID, she was planning like two to three parties a week at her house. I'm like, I want them to go head to head. And each week the judges like say what they like about each party and they could like whoever is the winner hosts the event. Yeah. I I mean, this is what I like about Beverly Hills because it really is just so outrageous, like their lifestyles. Mm-hmm. And there's no other franchise that's like this. Cause like even the other ones, like, you know, I watched Potomac this week and I'm like, Robin's like sad business. I'm just like, Oh God. <laughs> but like these women are like, she's like, I throw multiple parties a week. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like you even hear yourself. And I'm like, it's such a wonderful fantasy. Like, very escapist. Yeah, to, see, know, to see Lisa Rinna's lip party cost 10 times more than my wedding that will happen once <laughs> in my life. This is just like a Tuesday for Crystal. And that's what I love about Beverly Hills. Like it makes me feel bad about myself in the ways that I want it to. Like mm-hmm. watching Robin and they're like, I got a TJ Maxx deal. And they're like, ooh, like you're excited about TJ fucking Max. But, but not only that, it's like they're she's like not even working properly. Like it's like a it's like a I'm like, what is this business even? Like it's just it's it's so bizarre. And it's like that on every single franchise, right? Yeah. Like last season, I'm like Monique is going broke over her podcast, not getting like, I'm like, this is so awful, but this will never happen in Beverly Hills, right? Like, well, and so that's why it's very comforting to watch. Yeah. Kathy puts roses on her TV trays. TV trays. (laughs) Iconic moment for me. But now I'm stuck with what Chelsea said. Now I'm wondering, like, who would be the judges on that show between Kathy and (laughs) Kristen? I'm just like, I have, like, Tim Gunn has to be one. I have no idea who the other people are. Rachel Zell, perhaps. And Tyra Banks. Oh, we need Tyra yeah. Banks we back in a competition panel. setting. No, Chelsea, she's <laughs> she's the host of Dancing with the Stars. Wow. Oh, yeah, she is. Does that count? I think so. <laughs> okay. Well, then it sounds like a project to bring Oprah back to television. <laughs> okay, okay. The um, cast list, by the way, was rumored today, and Luann is on it. So we'll see what that means. Oh, wow. <laughs> she got to be able to dance better than she can sing. <laughs> I don't know about that. But do we so. need 10, do we need like three storylines from here on out about how she's a dancer now? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so if she sings and dances, does it go from being cabaret to being burlesque? Remember when she was supposed to be in Chicago and then they fired her? That was supposed <laughs> to be her storyline. How dare you, Donnie? It was scheduling differences. <laughs> oh, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> she was so busy. I said it in a different language. I apologize. <laughs> So we get to the end of this episode of Beverly Hills. We end with them eating on TV trays at Kathy Hilton's and they're discussing what caused a fracture in their relationship where they didn't speak for 10 years involving the whole American woman. Uh, sick, I don't know, drama, sitcom? It was a I drama. It, I, don't know. A I don't drama. know what it was. Did you watch um, it? I watched some of it on a plane. <laughs> that that, that tracks, right. I think. <laughs> yeah. Chelsea, did you watch it? I watched the premiere episode and then I forgot about it which I think is judging by the one one season wonder was many people's experience I was excited for it and then 
you know, I just forgot. Me too. I feel like you're speaking for me like a ventriloquist. Because <laughs> that is my exact story. I think we all forgot about that show. <laughs> but the cast was iconic. I mm-hmm. mean, just Alicia Silverstone and Mina Suvari. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lord knows I was missing her. So we, <laughs> we hear wheeze. from Kathy. We hear from Kathy that apparently... Kim never said any unkind thing. I'm assuming they meant about the the show itself or whatever or whatever problems. I don't think there's a reality where Kim won't say anything bad. <laughs> Not that the, I mean I love Kim Richards. Don't get me wrong, right? But, but we have she serves footage. it up hot. We have footage of her saying unkind things about Kyle. So to think that's only for the camera, I don't believe that. But see, I thought she meant for like a certain period of time. Does she mean like now or does she mean? I think she meant like while American Woman was there. Yeah, I think I while think... they were in their feud. Like, yeah, but okay. Be... Yeah, but it's weird because I think what Kyle said was right. She was like, I think you just forgot what she said. Mm-hmm. And I, was like, I think that is the case. Because yeah. <laughs> they're, if I'm not mistaken, aren't Kyle and Kim in a feud now? Like, they're yes, not they're, they're, now, yeah. Right? So that I think was like the, like she was trying to, I think Kathy was trying to be like, you know, she actually never Main said anything bad about you. Like she was trying to kind of bridge it together. And Kyle's like, I'm not buying it. Which is not true. I have two sisters. And when I'm with one, we talk shit about the other one. Like that is just what a three. <laughs> I'm realizing halfway through the sentence, I am a boy. But mm-hmm. that is just I, what a three sister dynamic does. I have two mm-hmm. sisters that's, as well. That's and that is like. true. So, but if my sisters are like in a really bad mm-hmm. place, I do feel like it's kind of my job mm-hmm. to get them together. So like, I'll leave a breadcrumb like what Kathy did. Like, you know, she didn't really, like she only called you a bitch once. Yeah. You know, like that kind of thing. So, you yeah. know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. That's, that's what I do yeah. too. That's what these, I meant to say. These Richard sisters dynamics are so dark and haunting and compelling. I am riveted. I want all three of them on the screen. I don't know what we have to do to make it happen. If we have to just like pray to big Kathy's ghost, we need to light some candles. We need to leave some potato salad for Kim and just hope she shows up. Like I find all of this such compelling television because there is such a darkness there. And you know, this is also a stage like this has also already been rehearsed. Like this is like the surface oh, yeah. level that we're getting. This is what they have agreed upon talking about on camera. So I'm like, what is going on behind the scenes that you guys aren't even touching? Because there is just so much to unpack about every single scene involving all of them. I need Kim's book to come out. Like I need it to, so, to come out. They canceled too. it. But that's what I think. And I think Kathy is the reason it was canceled. I think she threw money in the right places and that mm. book disappeared. And because of that, I think Anthony said it on this podcast before. I think that we're only going to see the Kathy that Kathy agrees to be shown. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have a producer credit, but I do think Bravo mm-hmm. knows like once she gets a bad edit, she's out and she has the money to like, you can sue her. She'll leave anyway. So mm-hmm. I think bringing in Kim because Kyle and Kathy are okay with planning these conversations ahead of time, Kim would go off the rails. And I think that would cause things to be unedited and unfiltered. And I think these women would never agree to that. And that's what the producers did by showing all that old footage from the 2010, 2011. They were like, remember? And I'm like, yeah, like, (laughs) those limo fights was crazy. Like, Kim, 
<laughs> That's why I watched. I do agree with that. I do think yeah. that, that. Did you notice that they just like casually threw in the agency talk? Like they just kind of like threw that in, like the agency and American Woman. And I'm like, no, let's go back to the agency where allegedly Mauricio just like stole Rick Hilton's clients and like started his business based on like all of the connections he had made through Kathy's husband. Like. I, there is so much there that I'm like, I, this is a show I would watch. Like, I don't watch a lot of spinoffs that Bravo does, but if they did, if they got unedited access to the, because it would be like dynasty, it would be, it would be, it would be crazy like that. Thinking of like somebody's brother-in-law doing that spinoff, becoming a successful in a different, you know, his own agency that way. That is a huge thing to happen. And that should be unpacked. Yeah, because American Woman was just like five years ago, but this feud was for ten years. So the first exactly. five was because and so of like this American Woman, like they did it even last. It didn't even last a whole season, right? Like three episodes, four episodes. No, I think more than that. But, yeah, I, think, but I think they had one season, and then a it, short season, but one season. season yeah. Okay, Definitely we'll say eight. <laughs> so nothing to break up your family over. <laughs> okay. So we have this moment, which I thought was a really touching moment between Kim yeah. and Kathy. I'm sorry, Kyle and Kathy. And so I mm-hmm. thought that was really touching. It seemed like a genuine moment. Kathy looked like if it wasn't for some past surgery, she could have actually cried. And it was like, it was almost like her body was like, right? you can't do this anymore. Stop. So she just like, t- t- like ticked and twitched. But <laughs> I knew that meant crying. So I felt connected to it. And that's yeah, probably yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. one of the realest like scenes I think I've seen with Kyle in in a long time. I have always famously mm. hated Kyle. Like I've loved to hate her. It's like brought me joy to hate her. And this season, I think it is just the presence of Kathy and like actually seeing some authentic, albeit pre-rehearsed scenes. <laughs> but I'm kind of here for Doogie. We love to see it. Welcome. Welcome to the uh, Doogie House. <laughs> see what I did there? I'm done. I'm done with that. I see what you did there. <laughs> wait, wait. I know you're trying to leave this conversation, but I'm not going to let you. Did you see, you know, like when they did confessionals virtually for like Roni and stuff, how they like clearly placed the photos in the background that they wanted you to see? Did you notice right behind Kathy's head, this whole scene was a picture of her and Michael Jackson? Donnie pointed out, so I saw it. It was a no. very, it looked like Michael Jackson and like. It was like right where my eye turned. I was like, wait a second. Is that a red? It wasn't a leather jacket. It's when he used to dress like a really snazzy bellhop. So it was like. No, it was the red leather jacket. Are you sure? The red. The red. Okay. Yes. Okay. I mean, okay. (laughs) Wait, before you move on, I'm sorry to hijack your your podcast, but did you see the thing that Bravo by Betches posted today that there was footage from Beverly Hills that was never seen from the little like Godfather meetup without Erica where apparently and not apparently because there's footage where Sutton is mad because she gave money to Erica to help her through her divorce. And she was explaining like, you know, when I was going through my divorce, my lawyer said, it's good to have friends that can lend you money. This is going to take a while. You're going to be like tied up in things. It's good to like, and so she was trying to, in good faith, like return the favor. So she gave money to Erica before all of this found out. And like, that just provides a whole other level of context of why she's freaking the fuck out. She's going to be like, um, do I have oh, to go to court true. for this? Like, I was just trying to be nice to my friend who was going through a divorce. But I don't know. I feel like that's snaky anyway. Like, why are you putting yourself purposely in the mix? You've not even that good right. friends with her. Like, it's so weird. Like, well, she was a friend of. 
Like you wanted to buy that diamond. It's just so strange. So I'm like, now you want to be a martyr and you want to be mad about this like money that you didn't even Mm -hmm. need to put yourself in that in the first place. So it's like consulting a lawyer, but then why did you even ask? Like you did, you could have been totally out of this, but she wanted to be in the mix Mm -hmm. so bad that she had to offer, you know, whatever, $20,000, $30,000 to her. And I think that's so stupid. It is stupid. I had no idea. I think that's stupid. Very stupid also. And I didn't think about that. So I'm glad you said that, Danielle, because I really didn't think about it that way. (laughs) Um, Taking back control of the ship, I am the captain now. We're going to move over to the Potomac area. Uh, Potomac. Okay, so everybody likes to say Potomac is like the crown jewel of Housewives. I have to also say that it is perfection to me. Yeah. It is one of the few franchises where you literally care about everybody's story. Even if they only showed three stories an episode, I would still be all in both feet on Potomac because that's how deep I'm willing to dig into each and every one of these women's stories. And not only are mm-hmm. they stars, the housewives themselves, their husbands are also stars. And that is yes. something that is like sort of there on New Jersey, but not the way it is in Potomac. So I just wanted to say that because I really enjoy Potomac these last couple episodes. We start this episode from this week with the ladies of the cottage and they come to the state for the breakfast. And then Robin and Giselle leave to go have a personal uh, conversation about Robin's struggles for what reason, I don't know. I think just to film a scene. I think they knew, much like Kathy and Kyle, I think they rehearsed their scenes ahead of time. And they knew that they needed to have this conversation on camera. And because of their alliance, they're not going to do it in front of the other women. I don't actually mind. I know that like I've seen online a lot of people having pushback of like Giselle was too hard on Robin and she needed to be kinder impossible. and clearly impossible. clearly yeah, <laughs> um, impossible and clearly Robin's going through a hard time and I believe all those things are true, but I also think that Robin probably knows what her friendship with Giselle is. And I think that that is Giselle's love language. Like Giselle's love language is to tell you to get it the fuck together and figure your shit out. Like that's her way of being like, I love you. Like I care about you. And so I didn't mind like her approach with it, but it did seem like it was probably a conversation they've had. And they're like, well, shit, we have to kind of put this on camera now so that people know we're talking about this. I hear what you're saying, but like when you say, when you describe that as Giselle's love language, that just doesn't sound right. <laughs> what do you think her love language is? I don't even know if Giselle has a love language, but I <laughs> don't see it being like, she's going to be the one that give you the shot in the arm and get you back on track. I just don't see that from Jizzy. I don't know what it is. Like I can't, I'll, I'll accept what you say because I can't think of what her love language would be, but I just don't think that's the function that she would serve other than the purposes of the show. That's I think fair. that she... You know, they talked about it in public, what was going on with Robin in front of everybody. And I think this was a way for her to look concerned and then do a, you know, a, a double down on what was already kind of said in the group, which is why I said I didn't understand why they needed to be alone. Mm-hmm. But I think that maybe that's the persona that Giselle is given as the purpose she serves for. No, I think Giselle is real with Robin, but I think they have a relationship where they're not going to be real with each other in front of the other women. I think they can shade the other women in confessionals and in a group, but when it comes to like them having anything negative to say about each other, they don't do it in front of the other women. 
we've heard them say negative things about each other, but they always pull them alone. They are, they're an alliance. That's true. When Robin pointed out that Jamal wasn't around and he should be, that was alone. Yeah. When Giselle said that men don't want to marry a master, what'd she say? Like, he's not going to want to marry unattractive. That was kind of harsh. I think that um, the mental health conversation uh, that's like starting to bubble up here is very interesting to watch. Like, I thought that like when they brought it, when Robin brought it to the group, like, I think it was very clear to me, like, even in the previews of the season, what might have been going on with her. Mm-hmm. But I think that she is even really reluctant to call it depression. I think that Juan is absolutely reluctant to call it depression. Yeah. And so I think that like Giselle being like, you know, you, you can't, you gotta be hot for your hot man. Like it's kind of like a simplifying or like a flattening of like what the real issue is. That is something that like Robin might be able to accept. Cause even Robin was like, mm. I don't know if I need a therapist. I think maybe I need a life coach. Like it's like almost like they're like afraid to say like the things that. That's so true. Like you, she does clearly need it. And doing the whole thing, like with her not being motivated to get out of bed, she has all of these classic signs of depression but like i just always kept thinking like well why are you asking this one you're not doing anything go wake his ass up tell him to go to school i know <laughs> like, i thought that was weird too I like she had weird. to do it like you you're up do it you want to do stuff get going go do it mm-hmm. maybe she just needs a pastor like monique <laughs> that worked well that worked well or a chiropractor <laughs> like dorinda <laughs> or maybe a boxing <laughs> coach like leah <laughs> 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 we ain't shit we ain't shit so yeah so they uh have that private conversation and ashley arrives and ashley brings the fire oh. i love ashley she just <laughs> i've never seen ashley's work ethic is incredible like she Unmatched. should be she's a baby drop 21 days baby. ago what she say barely out the cooch or the mother say dean barely got well this one's barely out the cooch and she's already back it's at work true. making she a- must have been in, uh, in a diaper like i just can't even- <laughs> Literally, she was like, no, I'm not getting in the pool. I'm still recovering. As somebody who has had two children, yeah, she was like straight up in a diaper going there to cause shit, then go home. She had her coronas. She had her little like mommy break and then went back to this thing. Ashley is leaking and she was like, I'm here and let me just do what I got to do and I'm out. <laughs> she, I think Ashley's probably thinking because Escala is not going to replace me because she showed up and she made Escala completely moot. It's like, why is Escala even here? Ashley's here. I thought she was here to replace you. Right. So <laughs> Escala could never. That woman came, Her, like I said, she should be like Fortune 500 right now. Like her work mm-hmm. ethic is like incredible. Mm-hmm. She shows up, she she arrives doing water aerobics, says that she's not gonna do it, she can't. Then she talks about it, and we see the this, which I think they should have warned us, the placenta segment. I think that given life is beautiful, it's a beautiful thing, and it's beautiful that women can do it. I don't need to see placenta. Unwarranted, unwarned. You know, I kind of liked it. And I I did like the producer's reaction though. Like him gagging is so amazing. But I'm like, I'm like gross. Like, I mean, all my life discovery pages on all the apps are like ingrown hairs waxing like sick popping <laughs> like i love everything like weird like that i'm like yeah more so i was very much like daniel daniel a little bit a little bit of puke right here is what that gave me just, just a little bit a little bit <laughs> um. i wanted to eat my placenta but it was very expensive i couldn't afford it yeah. These wow. businesses are monopolizing the placenta business. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't afford to eat your own placenta. Mm-mm. That's ridiculous. Wow. 
it's already expensive <laughs> to have a baby. So like, so expensive. It, it's like, that's a lot, but I'm sure it's helping Ashley because she did go through it with postpartum. So I think it probably was worth it for her. And that's what I appreciate about Ashley is the duality of her as a person and a character on our screens is like, she can go from being like literally watching her at home scenes and watching her navigate being a mom, a mom of two, like it's like holding up a mirror. And I find it so refreshing that she's so honest about like how easy it is to lose yourself in that initial months of motherhood and just motherhood in general. But then she like leaves the babies and comes to town and is like, and now I'm going to be the messiest person on Bravo. (laughs) It's masterful. Women really are the, the experts of multitasking. No father could ever do that if he had to have the, had to provide the level of care that a mother has to provide. I think she is extraordinary. I can't say enough stuff about Ashley. So she arrives. Giselle tells her about the Wendy and Eddie rumors, which, of course, a lot of us were aware of before it showed up here on the show. They have lunch. And at the table, um, it starts out as... Wendy addressing the fact that she didn't like what Giselle said about her not having substance. And then it kind of like freewheels into like maybe a three-way fight, like between Wendy, Giselle, sort of Ashley, and always Mia. Like there's always an undercurrent. Wendy of- first, everyone except Karen, I think. Yeah. I get, well. Because even Escala tried to get into it. Yeah, but Escala played both sides to the point where I don't think she was an issue. Unlike... Mm. Uh, Robin, who basically just comes in, who we fighting, Giselle? Like, that's basically just it. Like, who we against? Yeah. Okay. So, that was a very interesting moment. Do we, how do we feel about the handling of Wendy's new image? And I feel some kind of way as a man about telling a woman what to do with her body or what's appropriate. I do, on one hand, think like if I knew somebody who was doing what Wendy was doing and I did hear rumors or whatever, I would wonder, like, is she doing this because of that? Do I say something? Probably not. But do we feel like Wendy's basically being ganged up on by everyone? Because that's what it looked like a little to me. Yes, she is. I think, though, we've, like, exhausted the conversation. I think that we had it. And, like, then she had a separate talk with Karen. And now we're having it again at the group lunch. It felt like, you know, last season in Atlanta when, like, Kenya is still fighting about, like, whether or not the baby should have been allowed on the group trip. Who cares anymore? Like, True. let it go. Like, you know, so it's like, and for this particular lunchtime fight, it was like the thing that needed to be said was what Ashley had to say to her. It's like, well, so Giselle kind of introduced it last week, but the thing was, did you do this because your husband's cheating on you? Like, that's yeah. what everyone wanted to ask. The issue is not whether or not she's too sexy, blah, 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 as a professor. Mm-hmm. No one really cares that deeply about it although I do find it hilarious that Mia is trying to rewrite what she already told everybody like rebranding herself as never a stripper and lady what is going on here it's her first season it's her first season I I think she's new to the flashbacks because she clearly (laughs) said that she was a stripper and then all of a sudden oh I never strip yeah her first few episodes I was like a Mia defender telling everyone how honest she was that she said this, she said this about herself. But now we are definitely taking steps back. Yeah, like I don't care if you serve steak and lobster, you're still a stripper. It's like she wants to make it seem like she worked at the rich people's hooters. I don't understand it. 
it's so weird. I feel like they're all like conflating a lot of issues. Like I feel like Giselle and the other women probably wanted to be able to break the fourth wall and be like, Wendy, you have the second season housewife curse. You came in here with a new body, a new wardrobe, a new personality. You're putting on a show now and it's annoying as hell to watch you say TikTok, TikTok, then when, but they can't say that. So they focused unfortunately on her new appearance, which isn't translating well to the audience because it comes across as body shaming and it comes across as them telling her what she can and cannot be as a professor. So like, it annoys me that that's where this conversation has gone because we as women can be multifaceted and we can show our boobs and still be worthy and want Mm -hmm. and smart and intelligent and have things to say and contribute. But I think a lot of things can be true at the same time. And Wendy is doing too much, but at the same time, I'm officially on her side because it seems like everybody's coming at her when at the end of the day, you do have to respect Ashley, like you said, Quinn, of like the fact that she just showed up and was like, well, here it is. Here's what we're actually talking about. There's this rumor. It's already been talked about on camera. So I'm just going to bring it to you because this is why we think you've changed. For sure. Like all of Wendy's clothes look so uncomfortable, but I respect her right to wear them. Like, I don't care. And I don't think anyone else really cares either. It's like everyone wanted to talk about this thing that's going on with her husband, whether or not he's a secret baby and no one knew the exact way that they were going to bring it up. But thankfully, Ashley Darby said, I know. (laughs) Ashley is exactly what you need almost anywhere, but definitely if, you are, if you're if you in an improv troupe, she's going to move the story forward. She's going to yes and the fuck out of the situation, and she's going to keep it going. And that's what I love about Ashley. So she comes and she does that, um, and then there's the whiskey tasting where Robin gets drunk, and part of me is like, okay, so Giselle confronts you about you not stepping up, doing what you need to do. All of a sudden, you can't, you're late going to lunch because you're working now. Okay, so I see that there was some headway with that talk. Then you get to the whiskey tasting and you flat out get drunk for no reason, which going back to Danielle's point, you're going through some shit, Robin. Yeah. Well, that's true. But I also think she worked on like embellished or whatever it's called. But then like that part of her work was finished. And now she's like, oh, my other job, housewives, let me get fucked up so that I can say some stuff. I think she came. I think she heard what Giselle said and showed up for both jobs today. But she well, didn't maybe do anything if she got real drunk, but it was just very, it was like, whoa, like this is college. Like it was like a college pregame. I could not even believe it. The calves are gonna be here in 10 minutes. Quick, grab your brunettes. They said Mr. Copper Fox, and I was like, he's trying to tell you about the flavors, and she was like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm sure it was a wild time for that man when he showed him and said, Hi, goodbye. I knew exactly <laughs> how he felt. I'm like, yes, yeah. yeah. So Robin is drunk and then Ashley tells Wendy about the rumors. She confronts her about it. Uh, Wendy, of course, gets defensive. She sees through Giselle's evil master plan, calls her the spawn of the devil, (laughs) and then goes to confront Giselle. I loved that she was clearly blindsided by this, more or less. And we had a genuine reaction from her. No Zen Wen, no TikTok, no whatever. Like, this was all just angry, angry Wendy. Angwen. <laughs> and I tried it. That. It didn't work. Yeah, yeah. We'll get back to you. And yeah, I loved it. And w- before someone else talks, I apologize. I, you know that last year was... I had high anxiety watching because I really put all my balls in one person's court. So when 
people teamed up against her. I really hated it. But this year, I hate Wendy and Giselle equally. So see them coming at each other's throat is just quality television that I'm like invested in, but not emotionally invested in. Hmm. If we're going to reference last year, I find it interesting that Wendy seems to make a lot of threats and some, a lot of them seem to be physical. So I, I think that's kind of interesting that she's doing that. I, I was also one of those people who was watching somebody I liked gang up on, but I recognized that she was wrong. Here with oh, Wendy, yeah, I knew that. of course she's not put her hands on anybody yet, but I do find like she is very, very... Um, I can't stay aggressive. <laughs> she she argues she argues in a way that is very difficult to get entertainment from and very difficult to get any kind of resolution from. And that's something she's going to have to work on because I'm watching this to watch people get angry, but I need this anger to go to a resolution. I need people to be heard. You know cuz like I feel like when you watch Housewives you want to get the arguments that you your dream arguments not the ones you have in real life. Yeah, but speaking of an improv troupe, she does not have good scene partners. Like she's trying to have a moment with Giselle and Robin and Robin is literally almost passed out on the couch and <laughs> Giselle's just staring at her. And this is like what makes me laugh about Giselle is when she's just like she can't, no. She's not she's throwing her it. feet. You're not going to get a moment from Giselle in the moment. She's not Giselle did not care at Mm-mm. all and there's that robin was she was gone so i was like why is wendy even going after her she's not even in this she's barely conscious like it was so bizarre for, because i couldn't believe it. wendy said to her too she was like you know your husband doesn't love you like it was like really weird and i was like what did we what got cut out here because this is not making sense it's not seeming fair it's the re- right. it's the reason why even though there was a problem with giselle mostly monique ended up with the umbrella in front of Robin. Robin is like the, mm-hmm. she's Knuckles. She's yeah. the, yeah. you know, she's the, yeah. the henchman. So like, that's what happens. They do what they always do. They they set you up, they wind you up and they watch you go. And that's what they're doing with Wendy. And yeah. Wendy's for the most part is well into it. But like I said, I just wish she could argue a bit more inter- entertaining. Or like make it funny. Like that's what's so fun about the Giselle Karen thing is like- yeah. It's funny. They both it's are fun. invested. They both care about it because they both want to win. And it's so funny. Like their little digs at each other. My favorite, my favorite line, which I know like there have been so many, but was just Karen <laughs> eating and being like, are you talking to me? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what it was about that, but it just made me laugh so hard of like her being like, okay, mm, I'm going to keep eating she my She doesn't now. care. They is, Candace said it exactly. They be fussing. That's exactly what they do. They fuss. <laughs> They fuss constantly, and it's, I'm sure it's exhausting to them, and it's not to me. I can watch Karen and just get into it at any time, any place, and it's entertaining to me. But Wendy is, it's, like, very left. You know, she Mm. knew that something was coming out of Ashley because she was like, oh, God, Ashley, what is it? You know, (laughs) like, what you got up to go talk to her. And then when they had their discussion, like, she just got so... So immediately defensive, which, hello, you know, that makes you look so guilty. Come on. If you're trying to like look secure in your relationship, this is not what we need you to say. And then to like come back and go. And she just went absolutely berserk on Giselle and Giselle did not care. And then she wants to be like, you want to sleep with Eddie because Eddie looks like Idris Elba. And I was like, (laughs) Idris Elba where? And I put that on Instagram (laughs) and some girl wrote me that Eddie looks 
generously like a hot little rel and i was like yeah he does like, oh, that, that's you're being generous. Generous. and i was like yes generous. he does yes he looks like a hot <laughs> i i think that uh the eddie's a good looking guy he doesn't do it for me i do think he's a good looking guy i said why he doesn't do it for me he has those skinny mm-hmm. thighs. I can't do skinny thighs on a man. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. beautiful skin, beautiful gowns. Yeah. Yes. But what I don't like is that for her, to, when she came to Giselle, probably because she was so angry, there's so much that came out of that that was problematic for me. Like, I don't like Giselle, but I don't think she needs a man to be complete. I don't think not having a man is anything she should be whatever over. I hate that that's where people go or that that's where these women go mm-hmm. with her. On every franchise, though. Like, it's like... Yeah. Every- yeah. It's like a permanent sticking point for people. It's like you're nothing if you don't have a man. Except on New York, where they all are just fucking Harry Dubin. (laughs) (laughs) They all, because that's the thing where they all can't seem to find a man. And you watch them and you kind of understand why. (laughs) And it's like, it's one thing to say, like, you know, you can't find a man. Because it's, it's, you should address the fact that you are such a toxic person. You can't get in a relationship with anybody. Because just problems are friendships, too. But it's the whole man thing and harping on that that, you know, really kind of mm-hmm. rubs me the wrong way. But, uh, but then one of my favorite moments in the episode was the end where Candace confronts Ashley before she leaves. And then we get a little bit of their row again, because I love that they're always <laughs> they are always ready to go at it. They permanently, <laughs> permanently. And I, I love relationships like that. I love somebody that you have to always. Not personally, but I love when people have to always you know, <laughs> mind their P's and Q's because things will pop off. And that it's kind of like, you know, baby Karen and Giselle. You know what energy <laughs> they give me? They give me the energy of like, your mom has a best friend and you've had you to don't. hang out with your mom's best friend and her daughter your whole life, but you hate mm-hmm. the daughter. And you know mm-hmm. that at like every mm-hmm. cookout, that bitch is going to be there, but you mm-hmm. have to hang out. So then there's just like a rivalry that has like developed since birth. I know they've only known each other for a couple of years, but like that's the vibe they give me of like, God damn it, that she's I here mean, again. It's true. Mm-hmm. Both beauty queens, both singers, they both married a bald white man. They are, they sh- on paper, they should be friends, should but be. they just, they just can't. And now that they're, they're men fight too. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Quinn, that was very generous. You know, I listen to Coffee and Love once a week, but I still would not call Ashley a singer. <laughs> that duet with her brother still haunts me to this day. I listen once a week. It's in my Spotify most played. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> I just there. hear that I hear the lyrics of that song and I think about Michael Darby and I just like th- these are this is for him okay Mickey Darby and Ashley will never stop okay <laughs> <laughs> moving on <laughs> I guess I'm just a bitter Betty so <laughs> what are our final thoughts you know I I saw that moment with Candace and Ashley unfurling and it was just like Candace was already so pissed that Ashley even showed up because she purposely didn't invite her and she mm-hmm. wanted to go after her for something it's not like she is so invested in defending wendy at all you know and it is like so ridiculous and hypocritical for both giselle and ashley to be like oh my god the cheating rumors it's like both of y'all know right come on so that is already like absurd but i just feel like candace just wanted to be like you know what i never wanted you here and now i'm gonna like make that no i'm I, my gripe is not even about the wendy thing it's about the fact that like i didn't want you coming to ruin the trip and you did and now you're you pissed me off so i get to say something 
The end of this episode, I felt like was the closest we got to a breaking of the fourth wall when they were all basically saying like, we knew that this was in the blogs, but you were the one that brought it on camera, Giselle. And now this is going to be a storyline for this season. My final thoughts are, you know, I've been a candy gal since day one. I just find her so delightfully toxic. Like she just makes me laugh and laugh and laugh. Brown did it, Chris, like the things I would do to that man. He's bald and supportive, just my type. Like I just have always loved her and she's having like the best season she's had. And I'm so nervous. I'm jinxing it as we speak, but like, it's so lovely to see people being like, like begrudgingly coming over to the dark side. So I hope she can like keep this energy up. Like I think, I hope she can at least have one full good season before she inevitably fucks it up for herself again. I think what's working out because I'm one of those people you speak of. I think what's working out for her is number one editing, but number two, because I think that editors looked and said like, Oh my God, this, this woman got her ass beat last year and people still hate her. We like need to do, we need to do better by her. But I also think she came to work this year and said like, I'm going to stay out of the drama and not give myself a storyline, but I will have something to say about everyone else. And I think that's where she shines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because she doesn't come out looking great if she is the one who is in direct conflict with somebody. Because she's a brat. Like, she's yeah, a brat. If she's too a invest- brat. Yeah, if she's too invested, then we see that she's a brat. But if she's just commenting, she's then she can just, yeah. Well, my final thought is I'm going to double down on what I said about Ashley. I commit her commitment to excellence. <laughs> Coming back to work so soon after that baby. She literally was only there for a few hours. And she came and moved the ball forward. And then she got, got her milk and left. <laughs> I think not all heroes wear capes, and that's clearly who she is. The new baby looks very different from Dean, huh? Like, he looks like an actual (laughs) baby. Dean came out, he was a middle-aged man. Like, it was weird. Dean came out looking like a middle-aged man who wouldn't like me dating his daughter. Like, that's... (laughs) Right. Like, I couldn't play in Dean's yard. Like, that's what Dean looks like to me. If you know, if you know, you know. I I mean, like, literally, (laughs) I would check who Dean voted for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But this new baby, he he looks like a baby. He does look like a baby. Yeah, he he does. does. So I want to thank you both for being here. I want to thank you, Danielle. Please let everybody know where they can follow you. Oh, amazing. Um, Follow me on Instagram at Danielle Prescott, P-R-E-S-C-O-D. And I am hosting a podcast and that will come out in October, 2021. Congratulations. Thanks. (laughs) We also would like to thank Chelsea from the Oh No Bravo fame. I like saying that. (laughs) Thank you for sitting in for Anthony and being our nice pitch hitter in a view type way. So of course, (laughs) in case people don't know, please tell them where they can follow you and catch your zaniness. Sure. So you can follow me at Ono Bravo on Instagram. I have put my Instagram lives on hiatus for a bit. So if you want any Bravo recaps, you can go to patreon.com slash Ono Bravo, or you can catch me and Donnie on our podcast. I am the cute one, a Mary-Kate Nashley podcast. We are coming back with a bang for season two. So go over there and follow that rate five stars, all the things. I also want to say that, you know, whenever things get rough, whenever you think you can't make it or you can't get through, just remember that Lisa Renna was at the Academy Awards. So anything is possible. Know that. <laughs> See you, everybody. Bye. Bye. 
Thank you for listening. If you'd like to support the show, you can visit www.patreon.com slash knowthatpod. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at knowthatpod. You can follow me, Anthony, uh, at Anthony F. Casella on Instagram. And you can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me, Quinn, at Quentin Lamar on Twitter. Continue to listen and subscribe for free to Know That A Real Housewives podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. 